Welcome to Partner Ops Partner. I'm your host, Aaron Howerton. And this week is week seven in my new role as we work on my first 90 days. It's week eight of season two, as I call it, and I'm having to re-record the episode. I had what I thought was a great session a couple of days ago, and then I had to listen to it before I uploaded it because my microphone had a bit of weirdness about halfway through and just started freaking out, and it turns out that it got over some of the content and some of the production, and I don't have the right skill set yet to do that editing. And so, I am now just re-recording, because most weeks, folks, this is a one-shot. I do a recording, I've got my notes, I talk about the things I want to talk about, and because there's no guest and it's just me, I wind down whenever I feel like it. So, this week... Take two, influence. Now, last week, I talked about this idea of blending these narratives. I've got history in the role that I'm in around partner operations, and now I've got a chance to focus on experience in a new way, in a way at a company that says we believe experience is worth it. We're going to give you a role focused on experience. It's a programmatic role. But I have to address a lot of this cognitive bias. I have to break a lot of habits, I think, from past companies and what they expect and then what this company expects and navigate who's doing what and and kind of where I fit in the mix of all these things. Now, I talked about also in that effort, I'm doing a listening tour and I'm, I'm several calls deep and I'm already seeing themes and ideas start to emerge and it's been very informative and it's actually shaping some of my core assumptions about partner experience, which is interesting, but not what I'm going to talk about this. What I wanted to talk about was this idea that I have, I've got to get more stakeholder buy-in for what I consider to be a pretty large idea around tackling, I think, systems work that is sort of the foundation of experience when it comes to like the actual click path and journey that partners go on to become into your company. But I don't want to talk about that idea just yet. What I want to talk about right now is this concept of influence. Because I think there's something different about this role for me, folks, at least as far as I see it. Merriam-Webster defines influence as the power or capacity of causing an effect in indirect or intangible ways. Apologies. Now, for whatever reason, I already feel my ability to influence at Samsara is stronger than in my past few roles. Now, one of those, I think, is because the role is explicitly looking for someone and calling out the need to manage ops and experience at this programmatic level. So I think the company itself has put together a role and hired me with a different expectation than past companies. Now, yes, there are some common key drivers in that hire. They have a portal that they need, uh, you know, they want to continue to evolve and work on and repair. Um, That's a big driver for them, and that's very common. You hear me talk about this often. If you're getting a partner operations role at a company that doesn't have one already, man, most of the time, those drivers are deal reg and portal stand-up and PRM, and they're not fully baked the larger concepts. This company sees that as one of a broader scope. So I think there's the role itself and the company attitude and uh, like even my team, my boss and her her insight and foresight in bringing this role in and the way it's being presented. I think all of that opens the door for greater influence right off the bat. But <clears throat> I think there's other things, like maybe the way I carry myself. I've, I've been writing for the past year. 
uh, extensively and talking with people and having as many meetings as I can about partner operations and partner experience. I'm meeting with partner operational professionals and um, in a way that I've never been able to find these people before. And I think all of that has opened up this uh, process of refinement, right? For what I believe, I'm getting different levels of validation. I'm getting new challenges. I'm having to rethink assumptions and tackle new solutions. And all of that, I think, makes me a stronger person. I think it makes all of us stronger people when we when we begin to question ourselves and get feedback on what we think and change those ideas. So I think all of that effort, the social media engagement, the writing has increased my own confidence, and also maybe the peace that I feel about that confidence. Recognition, I think a big one for me, is that what I want to do, right, if I had total control of everything and dictation of what we would and wouldn't do across the board, would look different than what you have to do in a collaborative environment. And I'm getting much better, I think, at recognizing, all right, cool, we got to go another direction right now because resources, capacity, priority, whatever. So getting better at seeing the broader business picture and aligning your KPIs, your outcomes, and your drive toward those items, that's really important, I think, for creating some internal peace. If you can't do that, you're always going to be frustrated at work uh, because you're just never going to feel like they care about what you care about or what you say is not important. Um, I've walked through some of that. Some of that times that that's just true, and you just got to make peace with that. So I think maybe it's that just professional uh, standing. I don't know what you would call it internally inside of myself. I think I carry that a little bit more mainly because of just going through that rhythm of refinement. Um, but maybe also I'm a little more personally settled. <laughs> I think getting to that last part there, like I just, I'm, I'm comfortable knowing what I know and I'm comfortable with what I believe is right. I can see, you know, into a conversation, you know, I can see what problems are. I feel a little bit more confident and have a better ability to enunciate uh, and communicate those challenges and why certain things that maybe don't feel important like architecture are actually critical and important. And so building that up. And those are the challenges I have here is that I'm trying to bring this influence to bear on new organization. I'm seven weeks in. I want to shift toward what I think I know are some critical things that need to get done in terms of like, you know, everywhere. Very common architectural challenges that I've seen at every company I've been at. Like, I'm okay, going to work on those things. But also, I own a roadmap. And a good, good friend reminded me that owning a roadmap isn't like owning a house. You can own the direction, but my role is to balance the needs of the many, all my stakeholders, against the resources and visions of the company. So it's not like in my own house where I'm going to cherry pick projects that make it comfortable for me and forget the rest of the world. Um, right? I have to be cognizant of the fact that I'm in a house that's, that's got lots of other people in it. And we all have a, a say in kind of what gets built next. But it also matters to me because influence is built through relationships. And this is all of partnerships. And I'll talk about this extensively in my work. Partner ops is driven by able, by being able to get things done cross-functionally. If you cannot develop cross-functional relationships and have a deep of empathy for the other teams you have to work with, you will have a hard time getting anything done. Good luck getting product to move on any sort of partner project. The technology partnerships know this deeply, but that hits partner operations and they start to ask for project management when you start to try to advocate for product visibility inside of, you know, the core product for partners or a partner login, things like this, right? So partnerships, it's a relational business and influence is built through these relationships. So there is a personal piece. There is the whole clarification of roles and responsibilities, right? That's the hard paper tack of, let me just make sure you understand this is within scope for my job. But there's also that personal piece of building those relationships. And it's also because that it's bi-directional, right? I'm building relationships internally, but I also have to be open to hearing those people's ideas. 
that's something I'm really trying to be cognizant of in this role, going back down to prior weeks, slow down, ask questions, this theme that I have. Like, I want to move quickly, and I think the company wants me to move pretty quickly. I don't have a lot of choice in some ways in some of the projects I'm moving into right now, but I still have to open the door and listen as much as possible to as many people as possible to get a sense of what everyone cares about. That way I can structure my language and approach to make sure I hit those needs. Otherwise, people don't have any context, right? I can come in with a message or an idea, but if I can't connect it to the existing context, to the words and thoughts and ideas of the other people that are here, I have a harder time building that consensus. Now, the other thing here is that these relationships give me information. That's what we we're just talking about. And that's like gold, right? If I know as much as I can, it's so much easier for me to evangelize partnerships into specific groups and to get those people on board evangelizing partnerships for me. I talk about this a lot. You'll hear me say this a lot. Everyone's in partnerships, they just don't know it. Everyone supports customers, they just don't know it, right? You could use that statement for a lot of things, but because I care about partnerships, I use it for partnerships. At the end of the day, I look at a company, and everybody in the company supports partnerships in some way. This is why your CRM needs to be the core place of work for your partnership team. It doesn't do it naturally. You have to go out there and configure it, and you have to be intentional about that strategy and that design, just like any product. But if you have your partner information and your contracts and your agreements and your engagements and your terms, all that visible in the system, you don't have to constantly have your PAMs fielding questions through Slack or email trying to help people understand what is and what isn't. You get more buy-in because you're covering, right? Access to information is like point number one, step number one in making sure you get adoption and buy-in. Like It doesn't have to be great all the time or pretty all the time, but it needs to be accessible and it needs to be there. That way you've got one less argument for adoption by Well, I can never find anything in the workflow process. It's always hard to go get information. Let's take that off the table for everybody, for every group, okay? But also I care about this because experience, it's multifaceted. It's not just your partners. That's one part of it, right? What do they experience when they show up at the website? How do they get involved with your customer? What's the partner journey look like? Have you thought about this for every partner type or program or whatever language you want to use to break down your partnerships, right? Your taxonomy. Have you thought through that? But also partner experiences about your colleagues and your customers. If customers landed a marketplace tool, that's customer-facing partner experience. How, what does that look like? What's it like for them to search? Can they do a deep search? Do they have lots of tags and keywords? Can they filter the results in a way that makes sense for their search? When they're filling out that form, what happens? How long does it take for they get a response from the partner? What kind of visibility do you have as a company when they fill out that lead gen form? Are you tracking that so you can then educate your partners? Back to partner experience. Hey, here's how many customers we know came to you last month through our marketplace form. How much of that is, where's that at, right? What's your pipeline look like? Can we get those things connected, um, right? Customer experience bleeds into partner experience and then colleagues. And that goes back to what I just said. What's it like when people log into the CRM or when they start looking for program information? Are they on your website? Are they in an intranet portal somewhere? Are they in some sort of internal LMS? Where does this content live? Is it centralized in a way that's accessible, routinely accessible, not in some hidden corner, dusty corner of your systems and tool stack, but is it in the CRM? Is it core? Can people get to it? All this matters. All this impacts influence because what I have to do is craft this vision for partner experience for the company across all these partnerships and then get people to understand what we're trying to accomplish with that. And for me, it starts with tooling and systems and what's here now. So that's where I'm at right now. This week is influence. I have moved over, I'm taking on projects, I'm starting knowledge transfer on uh, upcoming projects. 
I'm having these conversations, this listening tour, and I'm building influence through those connections and those points and listening to people, building out those themes, and then I'm going to continue to build this influence over the next several weeks as I work out of my 90 days into that six-month, eight-month, 12-month strategy for what we're going to do, blending what the company has coming with the ideas that I'm bringing to drive change, uh, positive change, really toward, I think, scale. That's my goal. I think that partnerships don't scale well because of experience, because of structure, systems, tooling, and architecture. That's where we're trying to create opportunity, and I think that's what it is for everybody. I think that's a broad thing. Anyone who's working in partner ops, hopefully you're working toward automation and scale. Um, thanks for the time. We're 13 minutes longer than the first recording. Haha, <laughs> what do you know? Big surprise. It's crazy how comfortable I am talking to myself, but I feel like you're here. I'll say that, listener. I do feel like I'm talking to people. I know some of you listen. Um, I, I, now we're at 13 minutes officially. Uh, I'll drop my commentary I was about to make on parasocial relationships. Let's be more than parasocial. Why don't you reach out? Let's be friends. Um, send me thoughts, send me commentary, uh, send me disagreements. Man, I like to just talk to people. Let's have a fight. Let's have a fight, listener. Give me, give me a call. Shoot me an email. Let's have a fight. I hope you have a good week. Good luck partnering.